bestbookbits.com brings you the book summary of The Unwritten Laws of Business by W.J. King. Discover the hidden principles of great entrepreneurship. This hidden gem was first published 60 years ago, but was known only to a lucky few until it resurfaced in 2005 when 300,000 requests were made for a CEO's personalized version. In the summer of 2005, Business 2.0 published a cover story on a self-published management pamphlet by the CEO of an American aerospace contractor, Raytheon. Lauded by chief executives including Jack Welsh and Warren Buffett, one of the best books I've ever seen, it became a phenomenon and more than 300,000 people wrote in to ask for a copy. But much of the pamphlet drew on a book from 1944, which profile reissued, updated as the unwritten laws of business in 2007. Filled with sage advice and written in a clear, engaging style, it offers insights on relating to colleagues and outsiders, the laws of character and personality, personal development, and much, much more, all of which was stood the test of time. Refreshingly free of the latest business jargon, The Unwritten Laws of Business is wise, ethical, and insightful, capturing and distilling the timeless truths and principles that underline management and business the world over. Here are 63 rules. Chapter 1. Concerning work. Number 1. However menial and trivial your first assignment may seem, give them your best effort. Don't think that minor tasks are beneath your dignity or your education. Of course, you want to prove how valuable you are on more important projects, but don't forget that the devil is in the details, and if you do your job well, the future will take care of itself. Number two, demonstrate your ability to get things done. Show that you have, number one, initiative, two, resources or ingenuity, and three, persistence and tenacity. If you lack the third quality, your efficiency will be greatly reduced, even if you are brilliant. Number three, while you are working on a project, do not passively wait for anyone, suppliers, business, colleagues, or supervisors, even if they are directed their own delivery times. Follow up and hold them relentlessly to their commitments. Never believe it is enough to make a request or give an order. Define, follow up, motivate. Number four, confirm your instructions and other people's commitments in writing. Just because someone has agreed verbally to do something doesn't mean it will get done. The time spent to write down your instructions and the commitments of others is an excellent investment. Number five, when you go on a business trip, no matter what it is, prepare for it, conduct the business until it is completed and come home as quickly as you can. Law six, once a year take a mental break for 28 days and hire an elite coach to map out your next 12 months with your top five high hard goals and set up your clear goal strategy and roadmap. Don't waste your time thinking it's a good idea to do this yourself. The juice is in the feedback. Do yourself a favor and book a free discovery call in with me using the link below for me to personally one-on-one map out your next 12 month to success. Click the link below. Now the real law six, cultivate a let, wait and see attitude. When someone comes to tell you about an obstacle in the way, say let's wait and see and get up instead of remaining hunched in your chair, speculating on causes and solutions, hoping to fix things. Number seven, avoid giving the appearance of hesitating. Don't give the impression that what you said or think depends on the last person you spoke to. 
Don't express an opinion unless you have reasonably studied the question. Number eight, don't be shy, speak up. Express yourself and promote your ideas. Don't think that your job is simply to do what you are told. Someone who is calm and timid and doesn't say anything often passes for someone who has nothing to say. Number nine, force yourself to be clear and concise in your oral and written reports. Absolutely avoid being one of those people who take half an hour to explain what could have taken one minute. Be short and to the point. Be efficient. Others will ask your advice often and your influence will grow. Number 10, be extremely careful as to the accuracy of your statements. Avoid guessing when you don't know the answer to a direct question. People will stop trusting you. If you don't know, say so, and also say, I will find out the answer. Chapter two, concerning your supervisor. Number 11, all managers need to know what is going on in their area. This principle is elementary and fundamental. It is a cornerstone without which everything else crumbles. Number 12, one of the first things you owe your supervisor is keeping them informed of significant developments. Corollary to rule number 11, be aware, however, how much information to feed your supervisor. The more you know how to provide relevant information, the signal rather than trivial details, the noise, the more you will be appreciated. But it's better to risk don't bother me with those petty details, then why didn't you tell anyone about that? Number 13, don't neglect the fundamental fact that your supervisor is your boss. Don't forget this fundamental truth. You work for a company, a service, your team, your family, yourself. But don't forget that essentially you work for your supervisor, the manager to whom you are directly accountable. Number 14, be as careful as you can in the selection of a supervisor. For most junior staff, the influence of their colleagues and superiors is influential in the forming your professional personality. As much as possible, choose a superior who can become an excellent mentor. Number 15, whatever your supervisor wants takes the highest priority. When your supervisor asks you for something, never think you have something better to do. Operate under the rule that your boss has good reasons for wanting the work to be done. And number 16, when your manager asks you to do something, he expects you to do exactly that. When your manager asks you to do something, you have two possible responses. Number one, do exactly what he asked. Number two, meet with him and talk to him about his request with him. It is unacceptable not to do it or to do something else instead. Number 17, don't be overly anxious about the idea of reporting or not sticking to your manager's instructions. This is the inverse of the topic covered in the two preceding rules. Excessive deference or submissiveness is a definite turnoff. Often a program or project is a suggestion rather than an order. Don't hesitate to recommend ideas or modifications. Chapter three, concerning colleagues and people on the outside. Number 18, never invade the territory of any other service or department without consent from the person in charge. Nobody really likes to see his territory violated. Interference in general causes errors and confusion. And if you're doing someone else's work, you're probably neglecting your own. What's more, nobody will thank you for doing someone else's job at the expense of your own work. Number 19, in every transaction, be careful to include everyone who ought to be included. Be careful not to hurt anyone by neglecting the interest of a department or an individual. 
even if this doesn't seem bad on the surface, it will almost certainly have a fairly serious effect on morale much of the time. Number 20, cultivate the habit of seeking opinions and advice from other people. Especially at the start of your career, you can't expect to know everything, so ask. In particular, if you are criticized for something, ask, what do you recommend? Your opponent will often have ideas on the subject. Number 21, promises, plans, and estimates are necessary and important tools in a well-organized company. Many people do not realize this and try to avoid responsibility for their commitments. It is up to you to base your promises on a reasonably accurate estimate of the work that will be required of you and the time needed for others involved to give you what you need. Number 22, when you are not satisfied with the service of another department, make your complaints to the person directly responsible for the function involved. Complaining to a supervisor about someone's behavior creates a lot of resentment and should only be used as a last resort. Explain your expectations to the person directly concerned and give them a second chance. Number 23, when dealing with clients and people outside the company, remember that you are representing your company with the appearance of total responsibility and authority. Even if you just got out of school a couple of months ago, most clients regard you as a representation of your company. Be careful with your commitments. Chapter 4, Individual and Technical Behavior. 24, all managers must know what is going on in their area. I repeat this rule to emphasize its importance and because it operates in both its meanings. 25, don't try to do everything yourself. This is one of the recommendations with which everyone agrees and yet is most often missed. You must delegate responsibilities, even if you could do everything by yourself. 26, do the most important things first. In general, there is no time to do everything, so do the most important things first. 27. Cultivate the habit of reducing complicated situations to their most basic components. The ability to reduce situations that appear complicated to their basics, their essential elements, is a form of wisdom which is not necessarily tied to experience. Make a habit of integrating, condensing, summarizing, and simplifying your facts rather than stretching, splitting, complicating and disintegrating them. 28. Don't get excited in emergencies. Keep your feet on the ground. Most crises are not half as serious as they appear to be. Keep a cool head. 29. Meetings should never be too long or too short. Directing large meetings with large numbers of people requires a lot of skill. For most part, small meetings, three or four people, can generally take care of most of the problems on a project or program. 30. Acquire the habit of making decisions quickly and accurately. This is the most important unwritten law of business and the most difficult part of working as a manager. Make your decisions when you have a reasonable amount of information to make them. Tell yourself you don't have the right all the time. A good manager only needs to be right 51% of the time, while a better margin will be even better for you and realize that it is useless to try to make everyone happy. 31. Don't overlook good preparation before announcing a major decision or a policy change. When time allows, it's a good practice and good politics to prepare the way for a major announcement. Chapter 5. Managing Projects 32. Learn project management techniques and skills, then apply them to the activities that you manage. Learn the standard procedures for your company and current practices to manage your project. 33. 
Plan your work well in advance of production to meet deadlines without being in a rush at the last minute. 34. Be aware of the attraction of bells and whistles. Too much preoccupation regard to your own security can lead to great danger and insecurity. 35. Don't hesitate to freeze a project once it has been sufficiently developed. Of course, it is not always easy to say at which point sufficient progress has been made. But in general, it is once the project has achieved the design specifications and spent its budget. Don't go after perfection. 36. Continuously review your project to ensure that actual benefits are in line with cost dollars, time, and human resources. 37. Make a point for asking for and sending periodic progress reports, as well as final reports as projects are completed. Quite simply, your business is not totally organized until you put this practice in place. It is generally true that a project is never finished until it has been summarized, registered, and archived, such that the information it contains can easily be found and used by interested parties. Chapter 6, Organizational Structure. 38. Ensure that everyone has been assigned well-defined roles and responsibilities in the organization. It is extremely depressing and inefficient if employees simply do not know what their work consists of and what their responsibilities are. 39. Ensure that everyone has the necessary authority to do their job and accomplish their responsibilities. Authority must be given along with responsibility. Ideally, one person should have complete authority and control over the essential factors of their project, budget, expenses, and people. In practice, it's important to reduce their dependence on others to a minimum. Number 40, ensure that all activities and individuals are supervised by someone knowledgeable in the subject involved. Junior staff should ideally be supervised by veterans in the same discipline. If not, they could put themselves, their department, their employers, and their supervisors in an embarrassing situation. Chapter 7, what managers owe to their employers. 41. Never underrepresent a subordinate's performance during a performance appraisal. The most important responsibility of a manager is to review the performance of their subordinates. It is the duty of the manager to make sure that appraisals are relevant and as fair as possible. 42. Make it absolutely clear what is expected of employees. All too often, managers avoid direct discussions and reference the implicit instructions, general objectives, and company policies. Be clear and precise. Give your subordinates clear objectives and tell them what you expect of them. Then make sure they do it and help them. 42. Promote the personal and professional interest of your employees at every opportunity. This is not an obligation. It is the opportunity and privilege of every manager. 43. Do not selfishly hold on to your employees if they are offered a better opportunity elsewhere. 44. Don't shortcut or go around your subordinates if you can avoid it. It is natural for a manager at times to want to exercise his managerial authority directly to get things done quickly without thinking about the person who the work has been assigned to. Of course, that's your prerogative. But that can be very demoralizing for the person involved, so use it wisely. 45. You owe it to your team to keep them properly informed. It is not fair to ask someone to carry out the tasks if they are not properly informed. And 46. Don't criticize a subordinate in front of them, particularly in front of their own subordinates. This damages their standing and their morale at some time. 
47, take an interest in what your team has accomplished. It is demoralizing for employees if their boss does not show any interest in their work. 48, never miss the chance to congratulate or reward a subordinate for a job well done. Remember, your job is not just to criticize people and intimidate them into getting the work done. 49, always take complete responsibility for your group and the individuals in it. Never blame an employee in front of others for a problem he has caused. You are assumed to take complete control. You are the one that gets the credit for both the success and failures of your group. Number 50, do everything in your power to get your subordinates the salaries they deserve. Indisputably, we work in a large part because we are paid to do so. Pay attention to the fact that everyone is paid according to their skills and what they bring. 51. Do everything in your power to protect the personal interest of your team and their families. You don't need to restrict your interest to your team within the confines of the internal boundaries of your business. Most people appreciate your sincere interest in their life outside work and their personal difficulties. Chapter 8. Character and Personality Laws 52. One of the most valuable characteristics is the ability to get along with different types of people. It is the essential quality for the operation of any organization. 53. Don't be too nice. But it's a mistake, of course, to try and be good terms with everyone. Someday someone will take advantage of you and you won't be able to prevent problems just by running away from them. 54. Think of your personal integrity as your greatest asset. In the long term, there is almost nothing more important to you than your own self-respect. 55. Never underestimate the extent of your professional responsibility and personal commitment. When you enter into the business world, you fully accept the responsibility to be a professional. Don't hide behind your company or your department or your sponsor. 56. Allow ethical behavior to govern your actions and those of your company. Have the courage of your convictions, including the courage to do what you know to be right, ethically and morally, without being paralyzed by excessive fear of possible criticism or the need to explain your actions. Chapter 9, About Behavior in the Workplace 57. Be conscious of the effect your appearance has on others, and at the same time, on yourself. Your appearance probably has a greater influence than you think on the way others around you perceive you. Keep that in mind when you define and present your work image. 58. Don't use vulgar language in the workplace. If you don't use vulgar language, you won't offend anyone. Using it might offend some people, just don't use it. 59. Take it upon yourself to learn what constitutes harassment and discrimination, racial, ethical, sexual, religious, and don't tolerate to do it yourself, your colleagues, your subordinates, and your company. There is simply no room in the workplace for harassment or discrimination of any kind. Pay attention to this matter. Rule 60, once a year, take a mental break for 28 days and hire an elite coach to map out your next 12 months with your top five high hard goals and set up clear goal strategies and roadmaps. Don't waste your time thinking it's a good idea to do it yourself. The juice is in the feedback. Again, do yourself a favor and book a free discovery call in with me using the link below for me to personally one-on-one -on -one map out your next 12 months to success. Get on it. Book a call. Back to the summary. Real, real 60. Be careful what you write about and who will read it. Be careful about who will get their hands on copies of your letters, memos, and messages and what their role is to be perfectly sure that you would do well to consider that 
or that your documents you write will end up in everyone's office and be there forever. Write them with that in mind. 61. We're nearly there. Be careful if you use your employer's resources for personal reasons. That could be considered suspicious at best and outright theft at worst. Most of us have used the office photocopier or borrowed a tool for our personal use and we think that no one will mind it. However, when you use your company's things, you risk suspicion and much more. Chapter 10 about personal and career development. 62. Maintain your employability and that of your team. It's extremely rare, especially these days, to spend your whole life in one company. It's therefore not responsible to expect employees to become unemployable by other potential employers. Obsolescence is not a good thing for either employers or employees. Be an advocate and promoter of training throughout your life. It's the best investment you can make for yourself and others. 63. Analyze yourself and your team. Even if you're not a psychology student, it's enlightening to understand that people, including yourself, act as they do, not because that's how they want to act, but because that's how they are. Basically, people see and react to things in very different ways. The simple fact of acknowledging that people are remarkably different will help you accept different personalities as normal, rather than looking badly upon someone who does not see things the same way you do. Now that's a wrap on this book summary, The Unwritten Laws of Business. If you want the full PDF summary, click the link below to download this. Remember, please take a mental break for 28 days and hire me as an elite coach to map out your next 12 months with your top five high hard goals and set up accountability and clear goal strategy roadmap. Click the link to book a free discovery call in with me. Thank you very much for watching and listening. Have yourself an amazing day and go out and use these unwritten laws of business. Take care. Bye-bye now.